welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. continuing our series, Red Letter Questions, and uh, today is an unusual sermon uh, for us. Um, I'm going to give lots of stories from the Bible if I can get there in time. Um, I'm going to give lots of scriptures, uh, a lot more than I normally use, and you'd say, well, what do you use? I mean, yes, we use the Bible. Yes, we use scriptures. Uh, It's just unusual for me to give this many stories and this many references and this many uh, scriptures um, and this is why it's unusual because I realize that, that we have a lot of people in our church that uh, were not raised in church. You were not raised in kids' church. You don't know the stories that our children are even learning right now in all of our amazing kids' ministry. If you know somebody that has children, you need to get them to this church. But you may not have been raised in that. And I realize that you don't know all the, the details of the, of the word. You don't know all the details of all the stories. So I try to, to backfill the stories. I'll tell a story and then I'll backfill it and I kind of bring everybody up to speed. And um, again, I just realized this through so many different things in our church that people don't know all the stories. I remember uh, we were doing a baby dedication and we asked people to pray. And we said, could you stretch out your hand towards this baby as we pray? And afterwards this girl said like, what were we doing? Were we giving some good vibes to the baby? You know, like, and I was like, we were agreeing with the prayer, you know? And so I just, I'm trying to backfill and trying to help you to understand all the, and I, I suppose the baby got good vibes, but anyways, uh, <laughs> here's what we know. We've under, we understand that we are called to be a spirit-filled, life-giving church that is seeker aware. What does that mean? It means that we know that there are people on the journey to find Jesus. Some of you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. We welcome you. We are aware that you're here. Now, we're not going to change what we do. We're still going to worship God with exuberance and we're going to be spirit-filled and life-giving. But we're aware that you're here and so we want to take you on the journey. We want you to have things explained to you. We want you to feel comfortable to ask questions. We want you to know that this is a safe place for you to be on this journey. And so, again, I, I try to backfill it, and I don't usually go with all these scriptures, but I will today as we continue our series on red-letter questions. All the scriptures should be on the screen. Um, so our questions today, questions, actually, too. Jesus, again, does a question and a bonus question. And uh, I am not, I haven't researched this all the way with the questions of Jesus, but I'm not convinced that the, the second question is really meant to be the question. You know, I think it really is with Jesus, like the first questions, just the setup for the real question. And we'll see that today in Matthew 16. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, again, we'll put it on the screen uh, and we'll read starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? First question. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 
But what about you? Second question, really, or second and third, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he orders his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So we've got two questions. Who do men say that I am? And then he's saying, but now that I'm asking you, who do you say that I am? All right. Now I want to just explain to you where Jesus asked this question. It was in Caesarea Philippi. And for those that go on the Israel global team, I'm actually leading one. And every other year I kind of lead one. And one of our pastors, it seems, leads ones every every year. Um, Caesarea Philippi is a stop on every trip to Israel. Okay, it's a, it's a region about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful area, absolutely stunning, beautiful. And um, Jesus brought his disciples there on a field trip, if you will, to an area that was pagan, very pagan. It was not kosher. It was, it was an area with a, a, at least 14 different temples for false gods. And then in this area of Caesarea Philippi, again, I can see it in my mind, we're going back there in just a few months, there's this beautiful mountain, it's a cliff area, and coming out of the mountain, it's just emerging, this river comes out of the mountain. It's kind of a, a low area, and there's ruins and remains of the temple area of the god Pan, Pan god, okay? And so there's just ruins of this, and so you can imagine that in its day, it must have looked pretty incredible. You've got Jesus there with his disciples. There's a, a temple for Caesar, Herod the Great had built it for him. It was made out of marble. It had to be just shining in the sun. And you're wondering why in the world would Jesus bring his disciples 25 miles north to a pagan area, really? You know, it was Israel, but it wasn't uh, Jewish people. It was Gentiles. It was false gods everywhere and all these different temples. And he's bringing them there on the field trip. You'd think he would have done it like at the temple, at a place where it was really holy, but he doesn't. He brings them to this spot way out there in the Again, beautiful place, but all these false gods. And I'm believing that in this moment, um, he's, he's really putting himself up against these things. He's saying in the midst of all these people trying to find out what's right, in the midst of 14 different ways, 15, 16 different ways, in the midst of all these gods and the way that people are worshiping, they're trying to figure out who's God, what's right, how do we get eternity, how do we get peace, how do we get this? He's putting himself up against this and I, he's, I believe he's just saying, like, who do you say that I am? And he knows that the verdict is going to be in his favor. Like, he knows, like, like at the end of this, you're going to know right here, standing in front of you, is Jesus, the Messiah, Christ, the Son of the living God, the real answer. Fake answers, real answers. So you can gather the intensity of this, this moment. And um, Jesus asks them the question, you know, who do men say that I am? And I want you to understand, he was not trying to find himself, okay? He knew. What are people saying about me? Come on, what are they saying? He wasn't worried. He wasn't worried. He wasn't worried. Whatever they said about him didn't matter. It didn't change who he was. He was still Lord, Christ, Messiah, Savior, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. But he's trying to figure out, like, what do men say? What's the word? What are they saying? And he's, and he's again, setting up the real question with the first question. And they tell him, like, well, some people think you're Elijah. Some people think you're Jeremiah. Some people think you're JB, John the Baptist. You know, they're, 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 
the first JV. Um, and it was a compliment. It was a compliment. They were saying like, you understand? Word on the street, Jesus, is you're pretty special. Word on the street is you, you could be the guy before the guy. We think the guy is coming right after you because it looks like you, you're pretty special. And the, the people are trying to figure out who you are, but they know this, you're special. And every title that they gave them was a special title. They're saying like, they think you are like special, special. You're the special guy. You're, you're there. And uh, so as he's saying that, Jesus is hearing this. And they're saying, you know, you're, they're saying you have a high place. But Jesus is like, no, I don't have a high place. I have the place. That's great that they think I have a high place. And that's great that people think that Jesus today. There are people today that say Jesus has a high place. Can I tell you what? That is not enough honor for Jesus. Okay, Jesus is a good prophet. No, he is not a good prophet. He is Messiah, Christ, Savior, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. It, 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 they may seem as giving him honor by saying he's a prophet, a wonderful person. He's a moral teacher. You know, that's not high enough. It's really, it's really an insult to who Jesus really is. And Jesus is jumping past this like, no, that, that's not my place. Uh, it's not a high place. It's the place. And just for a moment, um, because some people will say Jesus was a good moral teacher. He's a kind guy. He was a prophet. He was a moral teacher, wisdom and all that. You, you can't have that. Jesus can't say the things he said and be those things. And I love what C.S. Lewis said. Um, C.S. Lewis said, he's either Lord, uh, liar, or lunatic, but you can't say he's a good guy. He's either Lord, or he's lying, or he was crazy. And let me read just a, a, a C.S. Lewis quote. He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg. C.S. <laughs> Lewis, yeah. Okay. Or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Great stuff. It's a high compliment. It's a high compliment they were giving. Like Jesus, they say you're, you're special. You got, there's something going on here. But Jesus asked the bonus question, which is really the real question. He says, who do you say that I am? And I, I, I love that Peter answers the questions. And by the way, as I was prepping this, I'm wondering, does Peter get asked more questions by Jesus than any other disciple? <laughs> you know? and, he, and he gets a ton wrong but I thank God for this one. Like, you know, he's like, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, yes. I mean, I feel good for Peter on this one. Yeah, it's a good one. Thank you. Good. Now, Peter says, you know, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Different, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record this. And Luke says, you know, you are God's Messiah. 
That's who you are. You are the one. And, and the title that they're using here, Christ, um, is the same in Hebrew and, and Greek. And it's, it's, his, it's his title. It's not his name. It's, it's his title saying he's the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You're the one. You're it. You are supreme. And it's an amazing moment here in Kings are anointed when they become kings. And in this title, it's saying, you are the anointed one. You are the one. You are the one that God has set here on earth to save us. You are the one. And this revelation just comes to, to Peter. It's absolutely incredi incredible. And, and for me, the way I read the Bible, I just think Jesus has great emotion in that moment when he's praising Peter. You know, he's just like, yes, that's right. It's you, you are right. This is right. And this personal discovery that Jesus Christ was and is the, the Messiah, the son of the living God, the, the king of kings. This revelation there, it's an absolutely amazing moment for Peter. He understands who Jesus is. And I want to tell you this right now. You have to understand who Jesus is. You have to settle this. Who is Jesus Christ? Who do you say that he is? And, and every one of us needs a personal revelation of Jesus. We need a person. It's not good enough that your mom got it. Your dad got it. It's not good enough that your friends have it, your neighbor has it. Every one of us has to have a personal revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Every one of us has to answer this question, who do we say that Jesus is? And do we really understand it? And I want to tell you this, Jesus doesn't want you to just know about him. He wants you to know him. He really wants you to know him and have this revelation come into this moment. And Jesus says in verse 17, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah. Son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by, by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, will not overcome it. And I just want to stop for just a moment. And you're like, where are all the stories? They're coming. I, I promise I'm coming. I'm getting there. Just real quick before we get into those stories. Um, there are some traditions, Roman Catholic tradition, would state that when Jesus said this, um, he was saying, on you, Peter. Peter, you're the, you're, the, you're the pillar of the church. You're it. Like everything, you're it. You are it. Like, all, you know, you're the first bishop, the first pope. If you, you're it. And I want to let you know there's a wordplay. Uh, the name Peter is like little rock. And then he says, on this little rock, I'm going to build my, the big rock. And so there's a little wordplay going on here. And so a lot of people are confused by this because you are Peter, you know. And he says, upon this rock... I'll, I'll build my church. And I want you to understand like how we would interpret this, okay? Um, we would interpret this that Jesus was saying, right, your name is Peter, but on this rock now of revelation, the fact that you understand who I am, that's what I'm going to build my church on. I'm gonna build my church on everyone that comes to the knowledge of knowing me as Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Savior, Messiah, and you're the, the first one, if you will. Yeah, you got in on it. You just discovered it right now. My father dropped it in on you and you got the revelation first. But everybody that gets this revelation, we're building the church on that. And the church is gonna be built on, and by the way, the church is not a building, it's people. Okay, and he's saying uh, everyone that gets that revelation is another stone in this foundation that you're building on that. We're adding another stone to the church and another stone to the church and another stone. And everyone needs to get this revelation. So as much as we say, Peter, that's awesome that you got it first. You are like church member number one on his giving envelope. It has number one right there, all right? 
He's, how many are, never mind, not our church. All right, different church, all right. He's number one, he got the number one, all right? He got it right there. But he's saying everyone else that gets this revelation, this revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's Messiah, that he's Savior, that he's King of Kings, he's saying that's what I'm building my church on. And, and, and I, I love, I mean, again, a whole nother sermon right here. Ever since then, Jesus has been building his church. He's building his church and he's building his church and he's building his church. And I love that right after this, he's like, that's right. People are going to find the revelation of who I am and I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing's going to stop it. No strategy, no scheme, no enemy can stop what Jesus is doing. And I love this. He's like, I'm building my church I'm go, I'm, and you need to build my church. And he's telling them, guys, go for it. Build my church. And we just are that type of church. We want to build his church. We want to build his church. We want to spread campuses. We want to start other churches. We want to coach other churches. We want to send missionaries. We, we are about saying, Lord, help us to build your church. And uh, there are obstacles in the way. But how many know God's going to bust down those obstacles? That God's going to bust down those. I've stopped calling them like closed countries. They're just creative access countries that God wants us to get into. They're not closed. It's creative, all right? Now, I'm going to fly through these things because here's the thing. I believe God is desiring that men would get a revelation of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He's desiring that for every single person, all right? Now, as I look at the Word of God, I see that there are some people that were ready for the revelation, when Jesus was brought to the temple in Luke chapter 2, Anna and Simeon, they were, they were there at the temple and they were waiting and all of a sudden Jesus is presented and they're like, here he is. He's the one. He's the one. I mean, they are getting the revelation. They are ready. I see in the book of Acts, there's the Ethiopian eunuch and he's reading the Bible and he's trying to figure it out. And then Philip explains it to him and he's like, do you believe in, in Acts chapter 8, 37, Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe there are some people that are just ready. You're just ready. You're like first time visitor to church and you're like, boom, ready. Matter of fact, the person invites you to church. You're like, I'm ready, I'm ready. I just wanna know who Jesus is. And I thank God that some of you are in that ready position. You are ready to say yes to Jesus. And if that's you even here today or at any of our campuses, at the end of service, man, you could come up and pray with a prayer team member and they would love to say, hey, today is your day of salvation. Some of you are ready. Some of you are ready, all right? Um, some people need a sign and then they find the revelation. I believe the woman at the well in John chapter four, again, I'm hitting a lot of stories, all right? This is just the start. John chapter four, um, she has this revelation. Jesus is like, no, you're living with a guy. You've been married all these times. And she's like, wow, you are reading my mail. You are prophetic. You are amazing. And in John chapter 4, 29, she says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? I mean, the miracle, the, the, the prophetic gift is causing her to say, wow, I think he could be the one. Thomas, unless I see him, unless I see him, I won't believe. And then we see in John 20, verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, once he saw the scars, once he saw that, he's like, I got the revelation. I got it. It's, it's in me. Nathaniel in John chapter one, I mean, Jesus is like, I saw you underneath the tree and, you know, and, and I saw that about you before you even got here. And he's like, wow, you are, you, you are the one. 
You're the one. The miracles pointed people to the one that brings the miracles. And I want you to understand, if you have a sign or a miracle, thank God for it. But I'm telling you what, it's only pointing you to the one that brings the miracle. All right? It's only pointing you. And some people say, oh, I wish there were more miracles. Man, I love when people are just fine in Jesus. And whether you get healed here or there, and I, can't, I believe you can be healed today, and you should pray for it. But whether you get healed here or there, man, you're all healed. And everybody's healed in heaven. Everybody's healed there, but we need to find Jesus here. You need that revelation here. So however you get it, I want you to get it. Some were aware, and they were not fully there, okay? Um, they acknowledged him, but they didn't really get it. They're kind of like, yeah, you are, but you are. How many know that Peter, even in this moment, he's like, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, yes, yes, my father revealed that to you. How many know that he got a part of it and then after Jesus rose from the dead, he got the whole enchilada. How many know what I'm talking about? At that moment, he's like, now I know. Now I know. How many know that sometimes you get a little bit and you get more and you get more? I believe Martha is one of those. In John chapter 11, uh, we read about her brother Lazarus dying. And Jesus comes up, shows up on the seat. She's like, Lord, if only you'd have been here, he's dead. And, and, and it's so bad. And then she says this. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. She, she says the right answer. And then she's like, but he's dead. But he's dead. And then her sister comes up, if you'd have been here, he's dead. And I'm going to tell you this, I believe it's a sad place to say, I believe, but here's my butts. It's a sad place. Don't, don't live there. Don't live there. If, I want to say this to those of you that have followed Jesus for a long time. Pray for a greater revelation of who Jesus is. Pray for a great... You had a revelation to say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. But do not drift away and just kind of live in this world of, well, yeah, but I know who you are, but this problem, I know who you are, but this. You don't want to live there. That's a horrible place to live. Pray even now under your breath, God, give me a greater revelation of who you are, who you are. I want to understand that you are Christ, the Son of the living God, King of kings, Lord of lords, Messiah, anointed one, conqueror. You need that revelation. Moving on. Some people were oblivious. God's trying to reveal himself all throughout the word, and they're oblivious. I mean, I think about the man at the pool of Bethesda. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he's just sitting there waiting for his miracle. Jesus comes along in John chapter 5 and does a miracle. Heals the guy. After he's healed, the Bible tells us that they asked him, who was that? Okay, he doesn't even have a clue. In John chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus has slipped away into the crowd that was there. He's so close, and yet he misses who Jesus is. Later on, Jesus comes around again and reveals who he is. But it's amazing, so close and not even knowing. Another one, the crowds with the triumphal entry. Jesus is coming in on the triumphal entry, riding on the back of a donkey, coming in, and all of a sudden they're, they're cheering, Hosanna, Hosanna. And all of a sudden, Matthew 21, 10 says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Who is it? Jesus is trying to show them who he is, and they're like, uh, uh, who is he? Who is he? I mean, some people were oblivious, and I, and I just want to tell you, there are people around you that are oblivious. And God help us if the people closest to us don't know that we know him. 
We should be out there letting people know that we know him, our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates. We ought to be telling people like, hey, our family, God help us if, if we know and they don't know that we know. They ought to know that we know. And I just keep thinking, what if you're the revelation of Jesus to your, pe- to your people, to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors? What if you're the revelation, you're the, you're the sign that they've been praying for, you're the one they've been hoping for, and you know him, and God's like, go, go, be the light. You need to be the light. We're driven. We are driven to make sure that nobody's oblivious. We are driven to say, man, we're going to put another campus, we're going to send 500 missionaries, we're going to give to kingdom builders. We are driven to say, help those who don't know, know. All right? Some struggled with what they knew. This one, this one hit me when I was looking at it. Some struggled with what they knew and they, they preferred to fight it. You know, Pilate, Pilate is getting a revelation of who Jesus is. His wife comes up to him like, I had a dream. Don't do anything with Jesus. This, yeah, ah, you know. And Pilate's like, still, Pilate in the struggle, he's like, well, who are you? And they're back and forth with Jesus. He's asking questions. And Jesus is like, did you come to that revelation? Are you asking this? Are you asking this for you? Are you asking this for them? It's there in John 18. John 18, verse 34. Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? There's a struggle. And Pilate's like, I washed my hands. And I'll say, there's people that are struggling with the revelation. They're getting the revelation. They're understanding. They're like, ah, stay away, Jesus. Stay away. Stay away. That's a horrible place to be. Horrible place to be. The religious Pharisees, they were quizzing him. And they were angry with his answer. He's revealing to them who he is. And they are angry and they want to stone him. And I believe this, even today, there are people that struggle against God. God's revealing himself to them through the word, through sermons they see on TV or on on the internet, or they, they see your life. And God's revealing himself to them. And they're 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 running. They're angry. I believe that. I believe they know him. And like he's calling and they're trying to plug their ears. They're running and he's there. They turn around. They curse him and yet he whispers all the more, come to me. I believe that. I believe there are people that are trying to stiff arm Jesus. And I believe this, they're shouting louder and louder. I don't believe in you. I don't believe in you. But you know what? I believe their conscience is shouting even louder. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And, the, and he's, he's trying to reveal himself. And he's trying to reveal himself. And they're like, no, no, no. And if that's you, I'd say, don't stiff arm Jesus anymore. Jesus is trying to reveal himself through your family, through the word, through your children, through your grandchildren. Stop stiff arming Jesus. He's real. And you can shout and you can run and you can scream, but he'll keep whispering, I love you. I died for you. I'm Savior. I'm King of Kings. I'm Lord of Lords. Put me up against anything else in this world. You know the answer is true. And I believe this according to Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you start today. I believe every single person is going to get to the same place based on this scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know where you're starting today. 
You may be ready, ready to jump in. Man, praise God, at the end of the service, you jump in. You may be saying, I need a sign. I would pray that you'd see the sign of changed lives around you. But I thank God for the miraculous, but may it point you to the miracle worker. Man, you may be oblivious. Hear the message today. Hear the message today. And if you know Jesus, please don't let the people around you be oblivious. Please, please get out and share the message of Jesus. You might not be fully there. You might have a a piece of the revelation and you grabbed hold of faith, but you haven't fully grabbed hold of who God really is. Pray for a greater revelation. And if you're struggling, my word to you is stop struggling. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. I believe the more you scream, the more he whispers. I really do. I believe the more you scream, no. I believe he says yes. Today is the day of salvation. I believe that. And I pray that every single one of us would know that he is Lord, that he is Lord. I think of that song when I was in church when I was a kid and they used to sing, he is Lord, he is Lord. He is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here or there, we all get to the same place. But the Bible says if you get to that place here, you get eternal life. You get to it there, you acknowledge it. And there's no eternal life, but I pray that you find him here. Hear who he is. He is Lord. And he asks you, who do you say that I am? So Lord, I pray right now for hearing at all of our campuses. Who do we say that you are? You are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. And I pray as people wrestle with that thought, they would realize you are Lord. You are Savior. You are King of Kings. And you are Lord. Who do we say that you are? We say you are Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. Amen and amen.